When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Knife Talk is sponsored by Evenheat, the manufacturers of the finest heat treat ovens available. To find your next oven, go to evenheat-kiln.com. Welcome to Knife Talk. We're a podcast for knife makers, knife enthusiasts, blacksmiths, bladesmiths. Let's cut the shit. It's for all of you. My name is Jeff Fader from Fader Knives. Normally, I'm here with Mareko Momasi, bladesmith at Momasi Fire Arts, and Craig Lockwood of Chop Knives, but not today. Come on! This is Knife Talk Single Track. This is just me. I'm trying to keep it simple for Craig. Not a lot of editing, a little bit of jokes here, maybe a little noise there, but this is going to be just me talking to you. We're on uncharted territories, ladies and germs. I'm going to stop saying that because that's annoying and stupid and unnecessary. But that's the way it is. We're on weird times, and I'm here to keep you company. We're trying to do as many episodes as possible to keep you distracted, make you happy, make you try to cope with whatever the hell's going on in this goddamn situation. It's weird. It is fucking weird. None of us expected it, but... That's the game we're playing, and these are the cards we're dealt, and let's try to make the best of both, the best of both of all of it. And I'm going to start off by saying I have a beef, and one of the beefs is I have a beef because I'm a little bit hyper, and the hyperness this time is because I've been too supportive, and I'm being a little bit jokey about it, but I've been very supportive, and I just had a goddamn latte an oat milk latte to support my friends at the Peekskill Coffee House, and I am fucking wired. This is actually, this one it might be the fifth take because I, for some reason, I couldn't speak because I'm so jacked up, and I normally never drink coffee, so we're going to get into that. I'm going to start off with beefs, right? My own personal beef to my dear friend, my dearest friend, Andy B. Andy Barthelmus is a, one of the best painters in the Hudson Valley, maybe even greater than that. And I love this man. This is a great individual. He's a stellar human being, but I'm fucking, I have a big beef with him. And the beef started, what's today? Today's Friday. Last Thursday, so a week ago Thursday, I got a text. And we all know what's going on in the world right now. We're dealing with a global pandemic. It's shocking to even say it, but what can you, I mean, it's just like, it sounds ridiculous coming out of my mouth. Honestly, come on. It's a ridiculous coming out of your mouth too. 
coronavirus, COVID-19, let's just get it out of the way, okay? I get a message from my dear friend, that son of a bitch, Andy B. And this is the message. The message says, Jeff, you got to do something. John and Tim are really worried. You have a lot of followers. People listen to you. You got to do something. That's where this all started from, this now, up to now with this craziness. My craziness, not your craziness. Your craziness is your own craziness. So John and Tim own, own one of my favorite restaurants, and I, and I talk about them all the time because he's one of my friends. John Sharp and Tim Ranky are some of my close friends. I love these guys. They have a restaurant called The Bird's All House in Peekskill. And like what's going on with most restaurants and it once this plays it's probably going to be a different situation anyway they the uh, state of new york closed down restaurants uh no pe- people aren't allowed to come into restaurants they're trying to keep people distant they want social distancing they want to try to the i'm putting air quotes in but they want to what is it flatten the curve that means what they're tr- what this what the cdc and the government and the state are trying to do is they're trying to not overwhelm our medical system. And it's it's really not about getting the virus. It's more along the lines of slowing it down so we can not choke out and bottleneck and, you know, completely wipe out the healthcare system. That's it, right? So what they're trying to do is they're trying to prevent people from getting each other sick. So what they're doing is social distancing and then they're closing. Right now, this is Friday, they just decided to close uh, hair, hair salons and tattoo parlors and, and those kinds of places to kind of help you know, prevent the spread of coronavirus. So last Thursday, things started to get serious. They started to get nervous. And he says, you got to do something. People listen to you. So as soon as I read this text, I'm sitting at home and my eyes, I just picked up my eye. I just closed my eyes deep and I rolled those fucking eyes so far in the back of my head, I swear to God. I swear to God. I thought I almost, like, detached them. I rolled my goddamn eyes, and I said, Ugh. Hill, that's my wife, Hillary McHill. Andy wants me to do something. She says, what does he want you to do? He wants me to be supportive. Ugh, leave me alone. Leave me alone. So she says, he's right. Andy's right. You should be supportive. And I'm like, I know I'm going to be supportive and I'm going to just bitch about it. I'm going to bitch about it to you. And now you, the listener, are listening to me right now. And I'm telling you, you are listening to the inner dialogue in my fucking cracked skull, into my, the, my deteriorating and uh, completely inappropriate brain. There's certain chemicals that are not where they're supposed to be. And I have these, you know, I should be a nice human being, but I'm not. I'm an awful, I'm an awful, miserable son of a bitch. And fine. So I said to Hillary, okay, and he wants me to be supportive. All right, be supportive. All right. So I, I, you know, I set a picture. I said, oh, go, let's go support the Birdsall house. Get, you know, on my stories, I put the birds all house and I gave them the, you know, I geolocated them and put the telephone number or swipe up, see the menu and call them up and let's go. And then all of a sudden it's just like, well, I got to do the other restaurant, Gleason's. They're one other restaurant they own. So I did the same thing with Gleason's. We pictured Gleason's. Oh, let's go, let's go get support Gleason's. And then uh, I got to, you know, and then all of a sudden it's just like, well, I got to help my friend Louis Lanza who owns all the restaurants. He's also my landlord. I got to help him. So I'm, I see that Finn and Brew is starting to get people squared away. They have, they're having specials trying to get people to come to the restaurant. 
All right, so let's hit Fit and Brew up. Hit another restaurant, Taco Dive Bar, Eagle Saloon, Hudson Room. I'm all right. And then now all of a sudden I'm just like, well, you know, you got to help. Coffee House, it's Sonny Culver. It's my good buddy, Sonny. So same thing. Blah, 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 blah. And then all of a sudden I'm like, oh, that was, you know, I felt good. And then all of a sudden this is Friday and I, I had just recorded the last episode of of Knife Talk single track. And I just thought, oh, I got, but I better show up. I can't just talk about it and not show up. You know, you got to, you know, show your face and be nice and blah, blah, blah. So I'm like, all right, you know, Mike Anastasio, the chef at Finn and Brew, he's doing an oyster special, beer special. Let's go get, let's go over there and, you know, try to pump up the, pump up the good vibes. So I go over to Finn and Brew and I sit down and I look up at the, I see the bartender, Jess, I know her, I know her. She goes to bartender all the other places i've known her for a while hey jess what's going on what should we have well, go and get you some oysters i'm like all right I'll, well, I'll take some oysters and i'll take pictures of eating oysters and i look up at the bar menu and then there's this bar menu and then they also are connected with captain lawrence and they're making these uh, uh river outpost i think it's river outpost, river something or other but fine you get it and they're making beer downstairs and they're putting it up upstairs and i look at the menu and it says it says there's new beers and one of them says chef's knives i said chef's knives what the fuck is that and it says d-i-p-a it's a double ipa and it says 8.1 percent alcohol i'm like oh, that's gonna get me fucked up but i gotta have it however i will say if you're listening it's either chef knife chef's knife or chef knives chef's knives not correct. However, they didn't consult me, so fine, no problem. I had nothing to do with it. So I had a, they got a, I said, Jess, give me some of that Chef's Knives DIPA, double IPA. She gives me a glass. This fucking shit was delicious. I was so annoyed. I was so annoyed that it was so delicious and it was Chef's Knives. It can't be Chef's Knives. Fine. So I'm like, God, that's awesome. So I take a picture of that, put her post it. She goes, Well, you know, you could take a growler home. Well, let's take a growler home. Let's be super supportive. I get a growler of that. Go in, you know, blah, 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 blah. Then all of a sudden, it's just like, oh, let's get some food from Bird's Little House. Let's get some food from Greasons. I ended up getting a pile of food from everybody. We all ate it. We all ate it. We were all supportive. And then I'm just like, well, we got to keep this up. And just go to the, you know, the coffee house and blah, blah, blah. You know, so we're being supportive. We're being supportive. I'm posting on my stories. You know, restaurants that are open, liquor stores, Dylan Wines, Dylan's Wine Store. My Steve's Wick. I'm friendly with him. Try to help him out. I'm. We're eating out every other night. We're ordering in. All these things are now to go. We're getting good results right in the beginning. We're getting good results. People are being supportive. They're getting the to go. All these restaurants have cut their staff. I've cut their staff. They've laid everybody off. My buddy John and Tim. They laid off 60 employees. Louis laid off, you know, a hundred at least. Restaurants are closing and now people are starting to do the to-go and all of a sudden it's becoming much more. It was funzy for me to, to, to be irritated, but then I'm just like, we're part of a community and I know these people and I know all these guys and I have to be much more supportive. And, and we're being supportive and we're trying to push things through and we're trying to be helpful. And I start to realize that how important it is. And, you know, I got more f- in peak skill. These guys, they take pictures of like, you know, fire hydrants and dog shit. I mean, they're, they're, these people don't know what they're fucking doing. And not to mention, I've said this before, the people who run social media for these restaurants, they're terrible. No one's doing shit. So I figure, all right, well, let me help. And then we got 
Edible Hudson Valley involved, Edible Westchester, and and um, my friend Louis Lanz is doing something with called a great project for food relief, uh, food relief for restaurant workers out of work. It's called Million at Million Gallons. They're going to be making soup. It's going to be like a commissary for people in the restaurant business, and they're trying to be, we're trying to be supportive as a team. And I'm being very, you know, and all of a sudden I'm just like, well, I got to help the Croton Tapsmith, so boom, let's help them out, and I got to help this guy out and that guy out and this guy out and that guy out, and I decide. What should I write? I, all I do is I feel like I'm a just poster, you know, bored. And I'm just like, I'm not going to tell you what to do. I'm not going to tell you what you should do. I'm not going to tell you what you shouldn't do. But I will tell you, just be helpful. And it just seems to me that you're all very good at social media. You send us nice messages. You all have some followers in your local area. I just thought, I'm not going to tell you what to do except for just be helpful. And then I started to see, you know, I got some complaints. One fucking guy sent me this message saying, you know, this guy, this is unbelievable. So this guy comes, this guy writes, he's, I, um, I'm talking about supporting, you know, and I'm not even talking to, you know, it's the funny thing is, is I'm not even talking, in my mind, I'm just talking to people in, in my immediate area, all, you know, going all over the world. And it's the same problem going all over the world anyway. So this guy sends me this message. He says, I can't believe you would try to put people at risk for a couple hundred dollars, you know, people should be, you know, saving their, you should be saving their lives, not trying to, and it's like, and I look at, the, and he's giving me this lecture, and it's all poorly written, it's all like, you know, just like, that's all right off the bat, if you're gonna tell me something that you don't like, God forbid, I mean, I understand, I, I can take criticism, but if you're gonna really haul me, and you're gonna like give it to me, just spell check and fix the grammar because I'm going to read it the way you write it and then I'm going to judge you. And it's, 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 making, your, it's making your argument ineffective, ultimately. So you want to give me fritz, fucking give it to me. But if, you, if, you're, if you're, your punctuation's fucked up or your grammar's fucked up, or I can tell that you're being hasty. And you're being hasty, that means you're being kind of sloppy. And if you're being sloppy, I can't really trust your judgment anyway. So. There we go with that. So he gives me a he gives me a licking, and I look at his his Instagram page. He took a picture. All he has on his feed is he tried to do an ollie. It's a skating trick, ladies and gentlemen. And he did an ollie and a nothing special ollie. And he had some suede shoes. He posted pictures of his suede Nikes. Go fuck yourself, man. I I got no problem with that. I got no problem with what you're saying. I don't like how you're saying it. But ultimately, it's like who am I, guy, dude. Just get get back to go get back to your fucking ollies. Go work on your ollies, and then we'll talk. And I started to think about that. I started to think about the health of people, and started thinking, what can we do in order to be helpful? And I was just deciding to be helpful. And part of that has to come to the fact that I don't really talk about my family life. Maybe here and there, but my wife is in is in the medical field, and she's been in the medical field for a long time. And she, her hours are that she leaves early in the morning, and it's a stressful job. So what I have always tried to do is I've tried to be helpful to her to send her off into the world on the right foot. And then when she comes back, bring her home in a way that she has something nice to come home to. You want to, I want to make sure that she feels like when she's leaving her stressful job, she's got something nice to come home to. So when I, you know, back in the day, she would wake up in the morning and then I'd be asleep and she'd leave and I was like, whatever. So then I started a couple, you know, probably about 15 years ago, I started waking up with her five o'clock in the morning, 4.45. I get up with her, I tell her a couple dick jokes. She loves dick jokes. P.S. Everyone loves dick jokes. So 
There you go. And then I'll wake up with her. We'll do the coffee. We'll have a little bit of small talk. We'll I'll get the dogs, you know, out for a leak and take care of the cats and stuff like that. And then she's taking a shower, getting ready for work and stuff. And then while she's doing that, I'll make her a little breakfast sandwich that she likes. And then I'll get her lunch ready to go. And then when I'm all that's all done, I turn the car her car around and face it forward. And if it's cold, I turn it on. And you're thinking to yourself, Jeff, you're such a giant pussy. I can't believe it. Well, I'm I want to send her off. I want to send her off on the right foot. And part of me feels like backing out of your driveway is not going forward. I, it, this is symbol. It's symbol symbolic. Symbolic. This is the. This is some of this is the latte talking. I'm a little bit. I'm a about. I'm up to my back teeth and caffeine right now. So probably not the best idea for a podcast, but guess what you're getting? You have no choice. You're sitting here and I'm going to fuck around. So I send her off. I want her to be, you know, and then she can't, she can't. I, I love this woman. I've been with this woman 25 years. This woman can't cook. And and it's not, I'm whispering to you as a secret. It ain't a secret. We are talking burning water. She can't talk. She, but her, she tries so I do the cooking, which is fine. So when I want, when she comes home, I want her to feel like there's going to be something good to eat. There's going to be some, I want her to feel like she would, she's glad she's leaving because she's got come some place to come home to. So I want to be helpful to her. You know, my daughter is now home from school. They closed the school down a week ago and she's doing homework. And we, she and I are walking the dogs in the morning and, you know, we're walking the dogs in the afternoon. We're giving it, we're giving Hillary a beautiful comfortable home to come down to the dogs are exhausted by the time they come back so they're not driving her crazy make a nice meal or we get something out i'm trying to be helpful to her because she is a good person and i'm not i'm not a good person i'm not i'm selfish i'm narcissistic i don't really i i'm i don't know what i'm looking for in life but it's clearly you know i'm clearly not a greater good kind of person fine. I'm fine with that. I'm telling you my inner thoughts. Fine. So we get her squared away and I start to think to myself, how can we be more helpful? And what I'm, what I'm trying to say is a lot of you guys, there's still businesses out there that can use your help. There's still a lot of things. And I know some of you are at home. Some of you are working from home. A lot of you have, may have lost your jobs, which I'm, I'm sending you my deepest, all jokes aside, I'm sending you my deepest sympathy. Guys in the culinary world, the restaurant business, the restaurant business is a crater right now. Uh, food service, luxury business, you know, you know, hotels. and We can do this. And one of the things we can do is we can use our social media for good, giving people an idea of what's going on in the area, being able to po- say, hey, look, these guys are giving a discount for wine. Go, Oh, these guys are doing discounts. Uh, they're doing deliveries. Or I, I think it's very important. And I don't, I, you know, I'm not going to tell you what to do. And I'm not, I'm not trying to pretend like I'm uh, some sort of guru here, but I feel like this is a great opportunity to be helpful to the people in your community and being involved in your community because we're coming back, bitches. We're coming fucking back. And there's no question about that. There's going to be some rough road ahead, but guess what, motherfuckers? We're coming back hard, and in part of coming back hard in a community, and that sounded sexual, but it didn't mean to be, is being involved in the community. So I'm really taking uh, uh, my, I'm using social media myself to help my friends in the neighborhood. I'm getting good results. We're getting people to go and, you know, get order in, try to keep these 
restaurants going. I know Birdsville House, they got one cook and they got one, you know, guy taking orders and then the boss is there and they're, I know that the, I was at Gleason's, they got some pizza the other night. They had a pile of employees who got laid off, not a pile because of social distancing, but a few extras who, who, you know, they love that place. These are people who worked in these restaurants for a long time. I've known some of these waiters for a long, long time. Trying to be helpful to your community is, is important. And it's, you know, I'm not going to tell you, you know, I'm not going to tell you what to do in your life, but I have seen a lot of email. I've seen a lot of social media where it's people talking about, oh, well, now you're going to have to raise your kids and all this, all this stuff that isn't helpful. You know, your kids are home. Now you could teach them how to do this. Okay. I understand. But how can, when there's a fire out, when there's a fire going on, we got to put the fire out. We got to figure out a way to be, we got to be helpful. I try to think of it like this. In regards to this whole social, this corona thing, I, I'm i not worried about getting sick. I probably already am sick. I, I, I don't know. But what I want to do is I want to make sure that I am not part of overwhelming the not prepared medical, you know, the healthcare system, because that's really where we're at. We're at a situation where their healthcare system in this country isn't prepared in the United States, at least is not nowhere near prepared for all of its, all of its population to hit the, to hit the hospital. So I'm going to do my best to stay out of the way. That's what this whole thing is all about. It's very similar to when you're driving in your car and there's an ambulance behind you and they're trying to get past you. What do you do? You fucking turn to the side, you, you know, you pull over so they can get past. So the people who really need their help can be helped. And that's really kind of where I, where I stand from. So part of that being helpful is, you know, just listen to what they say. Just wash your fucking hands and stay the hell away from each other and use your fucking head. I was in the, I was in Gleason's last night. I heard this goddamn fucking genius talk about the CDC. Oh, you know what the CDC says? There's these, well, they say there's 50, but there's a, you know, 50 per occupancy or the, my own. I just wanted to fucking slap this dude around because it's just like, he's just trying to make the, he's just trying to make, he's trying to look like, just shut your fucking hole, get your food and go home. Fine. That's what they want. They don't need your, you breathing all your germy shit. Can you imagine getting infected by an asshole? That's what's going to happen. You're going to hear some guys going to tell you about, uh, yeah, well, you know, the, the, the government should have, and then you, that's the guy who's going to get you fucking sick. You don't want that. You don't want that. So stay away from those assholes. And with that said, I'm very looking forward to the upcoming episodes. We're going to try to do more of these. We're going to try to stay with you. And uh, I want to tell you one funny story. And what that funny story comes from. And then we're going to get into it. We're getting the regular show. So I love my mother. I'm saying that right there. I love my mother. I love my mommy. And she, luckily for us, she moved up here towards where we are. And... I love my mommy and I just want to make sure that she's happy and she's healthy. So throughout this whole thing, I've been trying to get her groceries and, you know, she doesn't, you know, she gets her groceries. I get her her groceries and I've been delivering her groceries. So I went to the supermarket and I got a pile of groceries and then I brought her some groceries and, and then, and then a couple of days later, she's like, oh, thank you so much. Got her some flowers. See, nice, right? Uh, that's some, but this is called, uh, what is that? I'm peacocking right now. I'm telling you that I got my mother flowers. So I got her some groceries for a couple days. We kind of talked about things and she's aware of what's going on, listening to the news and keeping contact with me. And, you know, whatever she needs, I'll take care of it. So I get this call in the middle of the night. The middle of the night, I don't know, a couple days ago. 
It's just my mother. And she doesn't call me that often. And usually when she calls me, sometimes there's a problem. And it's just, it always starts like it's like a big problem, but it's like, you know, my, my light bulb needs to be changed, which is, you know, fine. Sometimes it's a little more than that. I've gotten a couple calls from the, from the emergency room because, you know, she's a shitty driver. But that's a different story. So calls me up. It's my mom. And she says, are you going to the supermarket anytime soon? And then my heart, my kind of gut sinks. And I think to myself, oh, Jesus Christ, now what does she want? What does she need? All right. Oh, mom, are you all right? Is everything all right? Yeah, I'm fine. I'm just, there's some things that I'm going to be, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm missing. There's some things that I'm, you know, I need. I said, oh, really? What do you need? Well, and I'm, th- I'm, re- I'm ready for this. And she's like, I could really use some, some vanilla ice cream. I said, mom, is, is it really important that you have vanilla ice cream? And she goes, well, you know, have a sweet tooth. So I said, all right, well, you know, do you think you could wait a day or two? And she's like, well, yeah, but, you know, I could really go for some, really need some vanilla ice cream. So, Mom, I'm going to fucking go to the supermarket for fucking vanilla ice cream. And she goes, well, you know, I would really, really like some vanilla ice cream. I was like, okay, Mom, I'm going to go get you some vanilla ice cream. And I'm thinking to myself, I get off the phone, Mom, hey, Hill, Mom, what's fucking, she's, what does she need? What does she need? She needs some goddamn vanilla ice cream. Can you believe that? All this stuff and she wants some goddamn vanilla ice cream and Hillary, the voice of reason, this is a woman who's come down from the heavens, says to me, she says, get your fucking mother some ice cream. She wants some goddamn ice cream. This must be hard on her. Get her some ice cream and shut your mouth. I gave her a salute and I said, you got it. I'm getting some briars tomorrow. So the next day, do my thing, call my mom. I said, is there anything else you need? Anything else you need? And she goes, ah, I like this, I like that. So all right, write it all down. I'll, I'll get you whatever you need. Go get the supermarket, go get the fucking ice cream, which she's already almost out of. I've been, I've been told, you know, she's out of ice cream. Gonna get the old mom some ice cream. Fucking love you, mom. Fucking ice cream. So I go to the supermarket. I get her all the things that she needs, including the ice cream. And I'm coming out of the store. And I'm just trying to be very, you know, I got this hand sanitizer in the car. I got the inner, inner, uh, disinfecting wipes learning to go and I'm and I'm getting into the car I'm putting my bag in the car and this guy just walks up to me he's like is it really true is it really true about you know is it crazy in there and I said well you know it's weird it's just like there's a grimness to it and the people are trying to you know get in and out and they don't really you know they're trying to you know it's not like it used to be and everyone's a little bit on edge and and he says, well, what about the toilet paper? And he says a smile on his face. Like, like he's like, uh, hey, what about, what's going on? Like, like how, like uh, Jerry Seinfeld. He's like, what's the deal with all the toilet paper? He's like, is it really true? What's up with the toilet paper? And I just look at him like, I don't know why. You're, you're not fucking 20 feet from the store. You can go in and make a decision yourself. You're trying to have a conversation with me. I'm like, I said, I don't know, man. They, people got to wipe their ass with something. And with that said... What kind of sandpaper do you use? I know what I use. I use Rhinoet from Indasi USA. Indasi USA makes beautiful sandpaper. It's called Rhinoet. Redline, get that stuff. Get yourself some 220, get yourself some 400, get yourself some 800, whatever. And you know where you can get it? You can get it at Texas Farrier Supply. Texas Farrier Supply and put in promo code Knife Talk, Knife Talk 10, and you will get. 10% off all of your order. 
So if you need the 220, it's going to be a long, you know, you were going to be probably home for a bit. You want to get yourself some 220, get yourself some 400, get yourself some 800, and you can get higher grits too, believe it or not. There's 1,000, 1,500, 2,000, and that's some smooth paper right there. That's a, that's a smooth paper. And you know what you can do with that smooth paper? In a pinch, you can give the old satin finish to your undercarriage. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? You're polishing down, you're, you're dropping some hammers in the pond or in the toilet. Don't, you know, don't be caught pooping in ponds. It's, People are going to think you're crazy. Go to the bathroom, drop your hammers, get yourself some Rhino Wet, 1500, 2000 grit. Give your old undercarriage a satin finish and you're all squared away. And just don't flush it, don't flush it for God's sakes. So, what I want you to do is, I want you to sponsor these guys. They've been amazing. Indasi USA from, uh, makes great wine and Rhino Wet and Texas Ferry Supply. They are giant sponsors. They just re-upped with us for quite a while. They believe in us. We're doing well. You guys are doing well. So get yourself some Rhino Wet from Adasi USA and, you know, keep, keep, uh, keep sanding, keep hand sanding and do your thing. All right. Let's get into Knife Talk News. What am I going to tell you? Some bullshit going on. That's the news. There's some bullshit all over the place. Everything's canceled in, in up until you, you know, the suit, hopefully the not too distant future or get this thing squared away. And that's the news. I, I don't know what else you want me to say. There's hardly, hardly anything that we can talk about. I mean, honestly, honestly, at this point in the game, and I don't know when this is being aired, but honestly, honestly, most things are probably canceled, but check with them. I'm not going to be the, I'm not going to be the, uh, whatever the, guy who tells you this guy's open this guy's closed use your head use your social media help people out and help other people understand what the hell's going on so that's the news that's knife talk news now we're going to go into uh, my 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 one of our normal uh bits bits segments it's called hey man can i ask you a question and these are questions that you the listener can dm to us at uh, Knife Talk Podcast on Instagram. You can ask us whatever you want. It doesn't have to be knife making. We're getting to the point now where I'm just trying to keep you guys, you know, give you a little bit, you know, be a little bit funny, a little bit clever. But it's mildly entertaining, but I understand some of you, I've been told some of you think that I'm a garbage human being and whatever you think, I think the same. Fine. So the first question from Hey Man, Can I Ask You a Question comes from Dave. Irving Evader Knives. I got to ask a question. Uh, I got a question. What do you think is more important, knowing how to make knives or knowing how to sell them? I see a lot of guys with okay knives selling out and guys with great knives struggling. Dave, this is a great question. And here's what I'm going to say. I'm going to say that there, you got to have a little bit of skin in the game. You got to, sometimes you got to do a little bit of, you got to figure it out. You got to have a little, it's, there are a lot of guys who are very charismatic. There are a lot of guys who are doing a lot of things that will help them promote their knives besides making their knives. And you got to just, don't be the guy. When I was younger, there was a guy in my school who got all the girls. This dude 
was so dumb. I mean, we are talking no substance. We are talking stupid. I mean, we are talking, this guy is a dummy, was a real dummy, but beautiful. And I'm saying that from a, from a place of uh, understanding beauty. I understand what somebody should look like. I understand. I can see a guy there and I say, look at that guy. That's a good looking guy right there. And I feel totally 100% fine with that. This guy was a good looking guy, but no substance. But he got all the girls. And I would say to my friend, how come that guy gets all the girls? What's going on with him? And, and sometimes these things happen. But you do need a little substance. Throw a little bit of charm, a little bit of charisma, a little razzle-dazzle. I would, one thing I would suggest is if you're trying to sell knives, please don't tell your customers your political preference because a lot of times I know friends of mine who make knives who make these they, they do all these posts that are very political and they'll and they'll be whatever and they're they're kind of pushing off their pushing off a lot of potential customers so what I would suggest is try to do something new set yourself apart um try to I personally I've never once said I make better knives than anybody else I try to make a good knife I try to give a good value and I try to make things very uh, approachable. And then, you know, I do a little razzle-dazzle, a little bit of bullshit here and there. And, you know, things are working out. So my suggestion would be it's important to make a good product. I don't overstep my bounds. I try to give something good. I try to give value. And I try to just tell a story. And that's what I do. All right, Dave. Keep, keep up the good work. Keep fighting. And I'm with you. Iron Gulls, Iron Gull Knives is next. And he says, if you each had a free week in the shop with no commitments to make yourself a knife, what would you make? I don't necessarily think I'd make a knife, if you really want to know. I would probably make, I would probably, I'm going to be honest with you, I'd, I'd like to make some more hammers. I enjoy making hammers. It's a lot of fun for me. I would also work on a little bit of Damascus because I'm starting to enjoy working with Damascus. And uh, I actually did a little bit of folding before you know, all this fucking horseshit fell apart. And then one thing I'd like to work on is my twists. I love forging twists. And I thought this would be a good time to tell you how I do. My buddy owner dies in every film. He wanted to know how I do the pineapple twist which is different from the Rubik's twist, uh, the cube twist. I got to stop saying it's not the Rubik's. It's not a Rubik's cube twist. It's the cube twist. But what I'm going to tell you right now is how to make the pineapple twist. Pineapple twist, all these twists are awesome. And the key to making twists is all the preparation before the twist. So the way a pineapple twist looks, it looks like a fucking pineapple. It's got incisions and it's got checkers and it's got, it looks really great. So here's how you would make... I like to do this more often because actually this earlier in this week when all this fucking nonsense came out, I had a hard time in the shop. I had a real hard time in the shop and I was having a hard time focusing. I was having a hard time. I was nervous. I had a lot of stress. I was, I was very, you know, like most of you are, I was anxious and I decided, oh, I'm going to knock out this uh, pineapple twist for a customer of mine who ordered a, uh, a, a fireplace poker. And I wanted to do the, the, the pineapple twist because I think it looks great. So I had done a couple, and I've had a failed a couple, and I'd done a couple, and this particular twist gave me nothing but fritz. 
I don't know why. And the first one looked like shit. And then the second one looked like shit. And then I put a taper in it and I didn't twist it right. And I did it four times before it looked reasonable. So what I'm going to do is, and, I, and that's, you know, the idea of not giving up. It's not, the, it doesn't, it, this particular twist, there's a lot of little finesse things that make it look great. But it can, it, it, if you get it right in the first time, I'm giving you a pat on the back because it's not easy. So what, here's how you do it. So to do a pineapple twist, you start off with, I mean, the easiest way to go is with a square bar. I'm not going to tell you, you know, different materials. So you start off with a square bar and you take about two and a half inches and then you do incisions on the faces of all four sides. You could use a hot chisel. You could use a cutoff wheel on a grinder. Those, you know, you just want equal incisions on all four sides and they're starting and stopping the same place on each four sides. So then you want to get at your forge, you want to get your vise clear, and you want to get a nice wrench or whatever your twisting bars are, get them all ready to go. Then you pull, you, you, you get your steel real hot where the, twi- where the incisions are, and then you dip you, one end, the close end, the end that you're going to be grabbing, like some, there's going to be two ends of your bar. One's going to go into the vise, and one is your grit, your, your, uh, your, your twister is going to grab onto cool down the part where the where the twister is going to be put on and it's like you know probably you know less than you know probably like a you know quarter of an inch from where the lines start just cool that down get it in the clamp and what you're going to do is you're going to twist in clockwise rotations but you must count the twist it's so critical because this particular project is based on the amount of twists you do so what you do is let's just say for this argument's sake, I'm doing two full rotations. You really want the the steel to be nice and hot. You don't want to twist it too fast because you don't want to shear. You also want to make sure that it's hot because as it cools down, some parts might twist differently than the others. You want it to be a nice, even twist. So you twist it, count the revolutions. Look at your your, your, uh, wrench and count how many times. What I do is I'll have a wrench and I'll have it starting at 12 o'clock. And then I will go all the way around. And when it gets back to 12 o'clock, that's one. And then do it another time, and that's two. All right, I know that I did two full rotations clockwise. All right? So then you're going to get it back in the forge. And then after that, you're going to pull it out, put the twisted part of the steel on your anvil, and flatten down the twist so it's the same uh, dimension as the square you started. And you're going to say, wah! And I'm going to tell you, just shut up and do it. So just take your steel out, put it on the anvil, and with your hammer, just flatten down all your sides. So the final, it's a twisted bar of steel that's been it's been flattened and forged down so it's back to the square. And you're saying to yourself, that sounds crazy, but that's, you know, that's what you got to do. So then, because if you're not, as long as you're not using uh, tool steel, if you're using regular mild steel, then you can quench the whole thing and then do the same thing you did before. So now you got, you have it out and then you're incising four lines down each four of the four sides of the, of the bar. And then you're saying to yourself, okay, that sounds easy enough to do. Same thing. Four lines all the way down four sides on the bar that you started with where the twist was that you forged down. Then you're going to put it back in the forge. You're going to get your 
your your vice where it needs to be. You're going to get your twister where it needs to be. And you're in your mind, you're going to know, I'm going to take the steel and I'm going to dip the part that my twister is going to grab. I'm going to get that cool. I'm going to put the whole bar back into the vise. And then I'm going to twist it the opposite direction, half the rotations. So the first time I put it in, I did two full rotations clockwise. So the next time I'm going to put it back in and I'm going to twist it anti-clockwise or reverse clockwise one rotation. So that's the most critical part. So when you turn it back half the rotation, I mean half the amount of the first one, it'll open everything back up and then all of a sudden you'll start to see it's starting to look even. It's starting to look like a pineapple. And then you want to be careful and you want to make sure that it's lined up. And if the planes are correctly back where they should be, it should look like the pineapple twist. The pineapple twist is a very, there's a lot of YouTube videos on how to do it, but that's the most important thing. I'm going to rehash it right now quick. Incise your lines, twist it, count your twists, two full rotations clockwise, back in the forge, forge all, everything back down to flat, to the, it's back to the square, put it back in the, and then incise your lines again, where they where it is in the middle of the bar, back in the forge, back in the vise, and you go anti-clockwise, half the rotations that you did the last time, and then to straighten it, get yourself a board of wood, get yourself a wooden mallet, get yourself a baseball bat, and so you can straighten it on wood with wood. That's always the best, because if you, stra if you straighten it on wood with wood, you won't get the dings from your anvil, you won't get any kind of weirdness, and you'll be all squared away. So that's what I would do, Iron Gull Knives. I work on my twist, because listen... If you can do a train spike knife with a pineapple twist, you got something interesting. That would be an awesome twist for a handle. I All my fireplace pokers, I usually use the cube twist. See, I'm saying the fucking latte. Thanks, Peekskill Coffeehouse. That's what I get for being supportive. I'm out of my fucking mind. Cube twist, pineapple twist, awesome handle twists for fireplace pokers, for all of your stuff. Try the pineapple twist. It's a, it's a, a, the pineapple twist is a great twist. And you can also do the pineapple twist without doing the incisions. You can do it actually the exact same way. Just don't add the incisions and then you'll have it, you'll have it, they'll have a similar effect. It's a little bit more uh, subtle, but it's a pretty cool effect too. So that's what I would do, Iron Gall Knives, when I'm having a, when I'm trying to make a knife. But also, if I didn't have all my equipment here and I wanted to make a knife and I didn't really have the ability to, I would also use knifeprint.com, one of our sponsors. Knifeprint.com is a great website if you want to try to make a knife two-dimensionally on a computer. You don't have any CAD experience, no problem. You go on the website. You don't need to download anything. You're all squared away. It's very, it's very user-friendly, and then you can print out your knife at home, or if you, you actually can, they actually will help you cut the steel out yourself. So you can actually use them they also use uh companies in the united states and you can use your design and have them steel printed and sent to you so knifeprint.com is awesome i would for sure give them a check out if you're trying to learn cad that's a good good way to go so knifeprint.com <sighs> good old coffee god damn it i hate drinking coffee during the day because i'm out of my 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 eyes are glossy i feel totally crazy all right
Uh, the next question comes from Kind Fathers Knives. Hey, guys. Um, uh, I know we're feeling kind of these are heavy times. I'm wondering if you have any thoughts on how you can use your making abilities to influence the power of crafting using things in your own hands. So, I mean, look, we're all, as a globe, we're going through some fucking hard times and we got to figure out ways in which to be creative. I think we're going to find ourselves... I, I I hate to tell you this, but this is going to uh, spawn artistic endeavors, people's feelings. Uh, there's going to be great writing that comes out of here. There's going to be incredible uh, movies. There's going to be you know incredible art. Unfortunately, it takes a lot of you know difficult times to create beautiful art. Some of the most beautiful art was created during very very difficult times. You being creative. Um, and being handy will be something to help build your communities. And part of that is just being creative with ideas. You know, I'm about to, uh, this is Friday and, uh, Governor Cuomo of New York said that we're going to be, uh, I don't know, I, I guess, I guess it's, he's going to, he's going to close all non-essential uh, companies and there's going to, you know, there could be a shelter in place situation like there is in California. And if that's the case, I'm going to listen. Uh, I'm going to take the weekend to decide what kind of equipment I need to bring back to my house. If I, if I need to, just to keep me busy, being creative is going to be real hard and you're going to have to figure out ways in which to be creative and use your hands to figure out something that could help, you know, do something in your house. Uh, learn how to whittle, figure out how to, you know, carve, you know, there's some, going to be a lot of ways in which to be creative. I'm looking forward to a year from now, two years from now to see the businesses that come out of the needs that people really have. There's going to be a lot of stuff, you know, the restaurant business is going to change incredibly. You're not going to be seeing these big spaces anymore with uh, fine dining and luxury uh, spaces and cruise ships and all those. This is going to almost be a thing of the past. So there's going to be ways in which you're going to figure out how to be creative. Uh, guys like Matt Campion. Is it Matt Campion? I'm going to say it's Matt Campion. Great guy. He's a chef who uh, who just got laid off. He's doing a lot of cooking online. He's he's Yeah, he's just baked some bread and he's baking some cinnamon buns and whatever it looks looks great he's gonna try to he's very he's using his creativity to try to figure out ways to what's gonna happen in the future and a smart guy like that is using his head and saying all right here i'm gonna be at home so here's what i'm gonna do i'm making fucking cinnamon buns and i was talking to him like why don't you shove them in a shove them in a you know you know jar and ship them to people or i don't know He's a smart guy, and that's what you're going to have to do. You're going to have to kind of kick the can down the road and see what comes out. But I'm telling you this, we're gonna all going to have to figure out these new, some new things to do. And with that said, shout out to Craig Lockwood of Chop Knives. He has been donating his time and his energy to helping people, uh, restaurants who don't have the ways to get uh, gift certificate, gift cards, uh, restaurants who don't, maybe don't have a website that's all squared away. Uh, I know also Adam C. I don't know, he's got so many E's in that last name. I don't know how else to say it. He's willing to help people. You're going to find that the people who do, are doing a lot of helping are also going to be helping figure out ways in which that our economy is going to get back. Jobs that are going to be really important to people. And creativity, this is your chance. This is your chance to do something that could really be inspiring to other people. And I'm a person I don't want to be inspiring at all. I Honestly, I just want to keep, I want to just keep the shit down the road. Hell, I tell you what, 
I have when I pack this car up, I have some just some tools for the, in the house. I haven't I just start to to kind of get ready and just you know whatever. And I put the microphone, I put the my knife talk microphone in the car in case we have to shelter in place. I'm planning on podcasting five days a week. That might be the case. And if we do it, I'm a listen. I I got things to say. I, I'll try to figure it out, and we'll see what happens. Don't count on it, but hopefully things don't happen. And we're gonna do at least two a week. But be creative. There you go. I don't know. I went all over the place, kind father knives. But the key is is to be upbeat and to figure something out. The next question comes from Big Forge Blacksmithing. Hey, man, can I ask you a question? When putting a scorched finish on your handles, how do you make sure that you're not overheating your handles and releasing the epoxy, especially when the scorching around the tang and the pins? That is a good question. I tell you what, I tell you what, uh, Big Forge Blacksmithing, I've been using a lot of uh, oak barrels lately. I've been for a couple, you know, I, I get oak barrels from a winery. I got oak barrels from the, the, the bourbon guys. And when you cut it all and you carve it all, and blah, 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 it looks like it doesn't look like aged uh, oak. It looks like brand new oak because you carved away all the bullshit, right? So I was like, you know, I was doing it. And I was like, fine, you know, this looks fine, but it doesn't have, it doesn't ever look like it's that aged oak. And I noticed that when a lot of guys, when they're making their forging hammers, they'll scorch their handles. And part of that is, I think it's all looks, but some of them say, well, you're heat treating the wood, you're, you're temper, tempering the wood and you're making the wood hard. Yeah, shut the fuck up. Looks awesome. So what I was doing a while ago, and I learned it from John Ariani, shout out to Sunset Forge. I know what Jake Farham does it too. They'll take a torch or they'll stick the whole fucking handle in the forge and then they'll sand it back. So what I was doing, and I like the look, I like the look and I like the feel. So what I was doing was I would, when, when I have my handles of my hammers and I wanted them to, I, I also don't like, I have a Hoffy hammer that looks dirty and it's dirty because it's very blonde wood. So you, I hit the, hit the handle with the torch in between grits so i let's say i got my handle where i like it it feels great i sand it down to 220 then i sand it to 400 then what i'll do is i'll give it a lick with the propane torch because you know you know and it's not a lot and then i will just give it a light hand sand with a 800 grit and what happens is is you end up with this great finish hit it with some wax it's a great finish. You have the scorched look, but you're taking off all the ash. So I thought what I would do is I'd give it a whirl on a fucking oak knife. And I did it for um, the guy I'm, I was supposed to do a TV show with. But guess what? And I don't think he's worried about me. Trust me. Right now, he ain't going to be in TV shows in a while. But fine. So I took his knife. I, it, was a hidden, it was a full tang knife. I put the Corby's on. I carved the whole thing down. I wanted it to look aged. And I just gave it a lick. I just, I, so I, and then I carved it. I sanded it to 220. I sanded it to 400. It felt good. Then I took my torch and I just gave it a lick. I gave it a lick. I stayed away from the tang, just passing it over quick. And the wood starts to char immediately. So I would always do the bottoms, you know, because I like the, that two-tone look looks great. And I noticed that I wasn't getting, I wasn't, and I wasn't on there long enough that it was, there wasn't a lot of melting. There wasn't like the stabilized wood was melting. It was just a quick, it was a quick lick with the torch. You're not standing there with the torch. It's not like crazy. You're just giving it a lick. 
there you go. And then I'd get the 800 and then I'd give a, a sanding with the 800 and then make sure that your, you know, your, your Corby's might change little color. 800 grit takes all the char away and it leaves some of that deep burned look, hit the whole thing with the wax, bingo, bango, bongo. You got yourself something nice. And then you got the color. You're not sitting there on the torch and you're not burning up the, you're not burning up the, uh, you're just giving it a lick. What, what, what? You give it a lick. So give it a lick. Go quick. There's no reason to go. I mean, you're not going for a jet black look. You're just going for a, uh, a, a tight, you know, a, a colored look. Bingo. There you go. That's how you do it. All right. The next question comes from, and then this will be the last question. And then, um, Oh, you know what? There's two questions. Let's hit these two questions because then we're going to go into viewer, listener beefs. I'm doing a mini all beef. I'm doing a, it's not an all beef review. It's going to be a mid, it's going to be a mid beef review. Fine. All right. This one comes from uh, Albodi Al Syed. Hey, man, I got a question. What would you do if you all had $1 million? And will it make a difference on how you would spend your money if you had won the money or worked hard to make the money? Love the podcast. Keep up the great work. Here's what I would do. If I had a million dollars, I would, um, I don't know what I would do. I, I'm super cheap. I tell you one thing. I'm very, very cheap. I, I'm very cheap and I, and, I, and I would be not, I don't buy fancy clothes. I don't buy fancy cars. I would try to invest in the things that I really need. I bought a couple, there's only a couple pieces of equipment that I look at with vicious eyes. And I'm always like, I shouldn't have bought that it was stupid. And I would be very, very careful in regards to the stuff I would buy. If I had a million bucks, I would love a press. I would love a press made by uh, John Ariani and uh, Cliff. And they would, at, listening to this, I'm going to get a text from John saying, I will charge you a million dollars for a press. Thanks, John. You fuck. I love you, big lug. Uh, I'd get a press. I'd get a big press. I'd get uh, uh, I'd get an Anyang. I'd get a couple of Anyang power hammers, air hammers. And then I'd have to get a couple of big compressors to keep those air hammers running. And then I would take this tire hammer and I would, I would throw it away. You really want to know? I'd throw it away. I wouldn't even give it to any of you. I would throw it away. I'd cut it up. I'd cut it up. Fine. And then uh, I would also get one of those twisters. You know, those twisters looks like a lathe that people like um, uh, these guys are doing uh, like the like um, Salem Straub and Mike Quisenberry use. Uh, well, Mike Quisenberry uses a rotate uh, a, 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 a drill, a right angle drill. But I would get one of those lathes that you could you could do some heavy duty twisting. I'd get one of those. And a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Who cares? Give a fun, you know, and then I try to save the world with my million dollars. I wouldn't try to save the world. I try to help my local community. That's what I would do. I take it all away. I I try to help my local community. See, I'm smiling and I'm, my eyes roll back to my head again, and I'm like, oh yeah, oh yeah, big fader. You're gonna take a million bucks and yeah, I know. I'm with you. You you know I'm full of shit. All right, fine. The last question comes from KLB. KLB Gant knives. Hey, man, can I ask you a question? If you could do a hammering with any two people currently alive or not, who would they be? I would hate to say the two people who are alive that I would have a, a hammering with because I, it's two is not enough. 
I would need the Modern Forge Boys. Number one, my number one guys to do any hammering would be the Modern Forge Boys, and I don't know who I'd pick. I know who I'd pick, but I'm not telling you. Now, I'm going to go straight into dead, because that leaves no hard feelings. If I were to pick two people to have a, two dead people to have a hammering with, these are people that you should look up. Well, now I'm starting to think there's a third. Number one would be, you know what? I'm changing my answer. I was going to say uh, Francis Whitaker, but I'm not. I'm going to say Freddie Haberman, who is uh, one of the masters from the Czech Republic. He's the teacher of uh, Uri Hoffi. He passed away uh, a number of years ago. Freddie Haberman. And I would also pick Samuel Yellen. Samuel Yellen, he's a guy that you should look up. He was a an American, he was a, a Polish immigrant who created the concept in blacksmithing who helped promote the art deco look of lines and flowers and vines and organic and inorganic. He was an incredible, incredible resource. He did a ton of stuff down at Philadelphia. Uh, the Philadelphia area is filled with these Samuel Yellen pieces. I would love to have learned ornamental ironwork from Samuel Yellen, his faces and his his connections and he created that beautiful art deco style that was really amazing in uh, america um, that's what i would do and i'll tell you what samuel yellen would like if he was around today he would like a bg pro from clarics metalworks i'll tell you that the bg pro from clarics metalworks is uh, a belt grinder beautiful belt grinder and it's got a complete package with a six-way rotatable work rest Platin, uh, you got VFD, cast aluminum body, forward and reverse switch on the VFD, and a wide selection of contact wheels, rotary platins, and a variety of other attachments. Clarix has been a great sponsor to us. I'm very appreciative of your sponsorship, Clarix. I know that if Samuel Yellen was alive today, he would definitely buy a, VG, a BG Pro version 2. So Clarix Metalworks, BG Pro version 2. If you're in the UK and you need yourself a grinder, go get them, give them a holler, clarixmetalworks.com. Now, let's get into listener beefs. This is the section where I get to listen to your ramblings. I get to listen to your irritations. I get to listen to you being relatively miserable. The first beef comes, and I might go through these quickly or fat, whatever. We're going to see what happens. The first beef comes from Rough Cut Knives. My beef is when people who come to my website and send me a, a message with a link asking me to replicate someone else's work. It's just wrong. That's what people, people see these things and they are hoping that you're going to be able to do something for them at a cheaper price. It's fucking annoying. These people are such scum. But look, you, they don't have any other, they don't have anything, they know what they like and they're using reference. The same thing with tattoo parlors. These tattoo guys, I've gone into my tattoo guy and say, hey, you think you can do something like this? And he looks at me like, you fuck, I don't do that. Why don't you go to him? I understand. The next one comes from Hooten Knives. My beef is explaining the difference between forging and stock removal 20 times to the same person and then being asked by the same person how I fold the steel together. I do stock removal. How the hell do I know? I've never forged a thing in my life. People are interested in what you're doing and they don't understand. You're just going to have to, you're just going to have to keep repeating yourself. It's like, I mean, I, I, 
there's new people going to come along. They're not going to spread the word. I had a friend who used to play, uh, he used to do, he used to practice, he was in a band and he used to practice in the subways and he practiced in the subways and he'd have a hat out because he could play the same song over and over again. People are leaving and new people are coming on and they hadn't heard the sense that he'd been playing the same song over and over again, but they're throwing money in his hat. And he's just like, I could just practice the same song. Everyone get on the bus. Or get on a subway, and they they don't know that I'm practicing. They don't know that I've been playing the same fucking song over and over again. They're just, you know, these are all new people. That you're gonna get those people. Just just play this play, play the song, do your thing. Just keep repeating yourself. What can you do? Ooh, we got a good beef here. This beef comes from the great Eric Markman. Eric Markman is a bad motherfucker. If you're not following Eric Markman, you got a problem. Eric Markman says, I have a beef with a guy at our Dutch knife show. He goes on and on about the Damascus of Japanese masters every year, while my stuff has nothing to do with Japanese knife making. After telling him, I don't care, because we have enough history of our own. He throws in the argument. He's Dutch. He's All right, you got you. I got you. The, uh, he throws in the argument that uh, most of them are 80 years old. And I tell them, well, they better be masters after practicing full time with known methods and materials. And he leaves thinking I'm an asshole. But he keeps coming back every year. So you're irritated. This guy, he comes up to you. He's trying to tell you. He's trying to get involved. He's just, look, he, he don't worry if he thinks you're an asshole. Just keep being an asshole to him. Eric, he's clearly, he's trying to be, uh, he's trying to be relatable to you. I'm with you. Fuck this guy. Yeah, fuck him. I think you should say the same thing. I think you should just kind of, now we're in the stage of this is, yeah, that Dutch knife show ain't going to happen anytime soon. Next time you see him, you say, oh, here he comes. Mr. Knife. Oh, would you mind? Maybe you should say to him, why do Hey, is it true that they that they fold knives in Japan and ask him all these dumb questions? It's just you know, I yeah, honestly, Eric, Eric, you guys an asshole. That guy's an asshole. Or maybe you're just a little difficult. Have you ever thought about that? Maybe two to tango. Just kidding, Eric. He's an asshole. All right, that coffee is. I really should have not had that coffee. Um, I'm like I'm like jittery. I'm like totally jittery. So the next one comes from Fenton Knives. Hey guys, hope you're doing well during these crazy times. My beef this week has to do with the coronavirus and the fact that people gobble up false information from the media without thinking for themselves or questioning the information first. Also, that super glue sticks to nothing but my fucking fingers. Have a good one. This is true. I talked to some people who, you know, what's interesting when I, when this whole thing started a week ago, I started seeing people with face masks and I was telling my wife, my wife said, my wife said to me, she says, she's, you know, those people shouldn't be wearing face masks unless they're sick. The face masks only prevent if you're sick from getting other people sick, but they don't necessarily prevent you from getting sick. So I would see people and I'd be like, ah, that person's overacting. That person's overacting. And then I would think to myself, ugh. I don't want to see that face mask. But then I started to think more about the idea that we're trying to prevent people from getting sick. And if somebody's trying to, even if they're nervous and they're just trying to be helpful and they're trying to not spread anything, I'm for that. Anything that can slow down 
this virus I, that can, so we don't bottleneck up our healthcare system. I feel like, like my friend Tomer, I talked to him, he's sitting in his house. He's been on a layer of lockdown in, in, in Barcelona. There should definitely be shelter in place in, um, in New York, um, where there's the, the majority of it. Learning, finding your news sources, trying to look at smart guys, uh, trying to that David of uh, uh, Fauci. Uh, actually, my father-in-law went to medical school with David Fauci, and he's a very, very smart guy. I would definitely listen to him. Um, you know, and just use your head and try to just be very keep everything simple and don't. I heard some bullshit last night from this guy at this, at this restaurant picking this food up, and boy, there's some. There's, don't just be. Use your heads. Just use your heads. Um, and in regards to super glue sticking your fingers, me too. I fucking I love super glue. I hate it at the same time. When you stick your fingers together and there's super glue in between, it is like I mean it is the worst. And then you try to pull them open, and then you got to use a razor blade to cut them apart. And then you have that kind of hard shell on both sides, and then you have extra fingerprints on one side. I fucking hate that shit. The next beef comes from. Robinson, no, my mistake. The next one comes from Robin Knifeworks. My beef, it's when a waiter asks, are you still working on that instead of are you eating that? I, you know, the, the funny thing is, is services change and service is going to definitely change uh, in the future. But it used to be that you never, you never took the plates from a table until everybody was finished. And something happened. That was that was the key. The service used to be, you know, you'd serve from the, you know, clockwise, and then women first. And then when you would take the plates away, you'd take them away when everyone was finished because you don't want to put pressure on the last person to keep eating while you're all twiddling your thumbs. But something's changed, and now they're, you know, I, people are trying to turn their tables of their restaurants faster. So there's a lot more taking shit when you, when you're done. And my mother actually, my mother, God, Bob bless you, mom. I'm getting that vanilla ice cream. I swear. Fucking vanilla ice cream. She actually laced a, uh, she laced into a, uh, a waitress because she started taking people's shit away. She goes, that's my pet peeve. My pet peeve. We're not all finished. I'll leave her alone. She listen, let her do her, do her job. Are you working on that? Definitely is. There's like a, there's, they're, they're trying to turn the table. It's fucking the worst. Actually, I don't like, I don't like it when, I don't like that. I, I don't, I, are you still working on that? As in like, I might just try to choke it down. You know, how about, uh, how's everything? Can I get you anything else? You're all squared away or something, you know, but like, are you still working on that? Like, are you still working on that? I'm with you. All right. Next question. Next my mistake. This goddamn latte. Lila was a huge mistake. Um... I'm really out of my mind. The next one comes from Iron River Forge. My beef is people... Uh, oh, there's another one. Same thing. Oh, no, different one. My beef is people freaking the fuck out over coronavirus. It is both possible to recognize that a pandemic is a dangerous threat that requires immediate drastic action and to remain collected. I agree. I agree. We all need to be calm, cool, and collected. We need to be conscious. We need to be helpful. Be helpful. Be helpful to your friends and your family. And then be helpful to whatever. To your small your neighbors and you know, I'm with you. Don't freak out. Stop freaking out. I'm only freaking out because I had a fucking oat milk latte and I'm up to my back teeth and mania. 
This is what you get. I won't, that's why I don't drink coffee before when I'm on with Craig, Craig, and Morocco. I don't drink coffees. I don't want to be out of my fucking mind. Like, right now, I'm out of my fucking mind. And it has nothing to do with coronavirus. It's because I had this goddamn oat milk latte. All right, you've heard enough. Where do you get your abrasive belts? I'll tell you where you should go. You should go to Combat Abrasives. Get your belts and all your knife-making supplies there. They got uh, compounds and bu- uh, buffing wheels and all that stuff. And they got glue and epoxy. Go get yourself some shredder belts, and then at the end, type in Knife Talk 15 for 15% off. You get yourself some Scotch Bright belts. They have great deals on Scotch Bright belts. For sure, use Combat Abrasives. They've been an incredible sponsor to us. Um, they make great belts. People have been using them. Tag us in them. Post about your Knife Talk 15. Tag them, tag us, and we'll get this all squared away. The next beef comes from our friend 5050 Forge. Hope you're feeling better, my brother. I got a beef. What's with people sending like five or six messages in a row before you even read or or reply to the first? Just send one message and wait for response before sending five more. Thanks. I had a I had a, a Tony and I had a dealt with a customer who was so fucking nuts about how fast we were responding. He just he sent a message. And then we didn't get back to him within the next 15 minutes, and he lost his fucking money. He sent one, two, three, four, eight bubbles. It's just, I totally agree. Send, and I also have a friend who will do bubbles one sentence at a time. You want to go crazy. Listen to that fucking beeper. Beeping. Just do one. Just do one. I, that person, one sentence at a time? Oh, fuck that. That is, I mean, that is outrageous. I'm with you, 5050 Forge. I hope you feel better. Get that finger squared away. I'm with you, 5050, 100%. 5050, you got a lot of people out there sending you good vibes, and I'm one of them. And the guys are too. The next beef comes from Noel LaFlemme. Here's a question and partial beef. What's a good way to convince people that a properly made hidden tang chef knife isn't weak compared to full tang? If you're going to break a good hidden tang, you need a crowbar, not a knife. I am with you. I make hidden tang knives for my chef knives. Chef chef knives are not meant to be used for as pry bars, but at the same time, you have guys who make amazing Bowie knives and you know hunting knives that are able to withstand all sorts of pressure. Fine, hundred percent. I'm totally with you. You can't. You have to be able to explain things to people. I actually just fixed a knife for a chef friend of mine. It was a bullshit knife. But he's in the he's in the fucking weeds trying to get food out to people. And he said to me, Jeff, could you think you could fix this knife for me? And I said, yeah, give it to me. I wanted to be helpful. It, he said, I said, what's wrong with it? He said, I broke the tip off. I bet the shit out of it. I said, how'd you bend the shit out of it? He said, I was using it like a screwdriver. Maron, don't use that screws of knife as a screwdriver. I had to pull a blade. I had to, I had to fix the tip. I had to do it. People need to be educated. People need to be educated. And, and I, look, you can only use certain knives for certain things. Every knife is different. Use it the way you're supposed to use it. I'm with you. The next beef comes from Mike DePel. That's our undisputed champion from a year and a half ago. Gotta go look, you got to look, look back to the old, the original All Beef Review where we anointed him champion. I think he did an impression of me. Actually, it wasn't that bad. Um, when that friend keeps asking for a free knife and you've never even made one yet as a thick cut beef yeah people don't know how things are made people don't know how things are made 
and they they're just doing their best they can and what you have to do is you just have to say okay i'm just gonna charge you out the wazoo give them a fucking good charge you know i I, these people are crazy these everyone's crazy but at the same time mike they want something from you you should be happy anybody wants anything from you i'm always grateful people ask me for crazy shit and i think i don't make that you fuck but then i think to myself that's nice of him to ask yeah, nice of him to ask. Can't hurt to ask, right? Right, Mike? And the last beef come from, comes from Silas Cole. And this is his beef. My beef is with Craig. He spelled that Craig. Craig. C-R-E-G. He spelled C-R-E-G. I say it wrong. I know that it's Craig. And I say Craig. And I understand. It's not correct. But this is what he writes. He says, "My be- I'm, I'm going to say it the way he says it, and I'm going to tell you, Craig, that I'm going to work my hardest to pronounce your name correctly. Boom. My beef is with Craig not liking the word peen. Well, here's the thing. He likes the word peen, but he seems to think, like most of you do, that when you're talking about a cross peen hammer or a peen, that peen is short for penis. Uh, that's what people think. That's when we're when I'm ta- when I was with when I was with uh, Sunset a couple episodes back, and we were talking about cross peen this and diagonal peen that and straight peen this and peen 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 peen. In his mind, he thinks that it's peen is short for penis. What's well, not? It's peen, and it might be p e e p e. P, I got to count because I don't know how many E's I'm saying. P-E-E-N or P-I-E-N or P-E-I-N. Fucking peen. It sounds like short for penis. So he gets wrapped up with the fact that it sounds like I'm saying penis all the time. And, uh, you know, he gets off, he gets off the toots. So he likes peen. Trust me. Trust me. Craig loves peen. I'm telling you this. I'm telling you this. If you ask Craig Lockwood what he likes, he's going to say peen. Don't worry. I know. I'm with you, Craig. I'm with you, Silas, too. So here's what I'm going to say at the end. We're, 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 we wrap this motherfucker up. I'm going to try to do this more often. I'm going to try to be there for you. Times are uncertain. And you can't be crazy. And you got to be... When you're, if, you, if, you, if you're alone or if you're... Tied up in your house, not tied up, don't be tied up in your house. Or you're trying to be, just don't get nervous. Don't get nervous. And I was nervous. I was nervous before. I was, this whole week, I really couldn't get as much done as I wanted. I was really kind of like, I was thinking about my kid and I was thinking about my wife and I was nervous for my wife and I was nervous for my kid. I was nervous for my mom and I was nervous for my friends. And I was worried for the businesses and I was worried I was, I wasn't as efficient as I normally am, but things are fucking weird. I fucking thought I was sick every five minutes. My my wife started laughing at me, and I would say something like, "My wife, she's laughing at me. My kids laughing at me too." And I'd I'd cough because something's in, stuck in my throat, and I said, "Do you think I have the coronavirus?" And she just looked at me. And she's like, "Do you have a fever?" And I said, "No." She goes, "Then shut up." And then I'd say to my kid, "Are you washing your hands?" And she says, "Yes, yeah, Dad. I'm washing my hands." We're washing my, I'm washing my hands so much. The backs of my hands, I got to get the lotion because my, the backs of my hands are like, I mean, literally like 220 rhino wet. This is ridiculous. It cracked up, fucked up. I'm with you. And I got crazy. I got so crazy that 
it was cold in my shop. And then I thought, do I have the chills? Is that the chills, the beginning stages of a fever? Do I have a fever? Maybe when I go home, I'll check my temperature. And I, and, uh, I got home and I, I checked my temperature. I, well, I orally, but you know the difference between an oral thermometer and an anal thermometer, right? It's the taste. You got it, baby. Asshole jokes are not, are not bad either. All right. So I took my temperature and it was fine. And then I called my wife. And I said, you must think I'm crazy. I took my temperature. And she said, oh, that thermometer's off. And, I, and I, my, thermo- my, my temperature was like, it said like 95. And I was like, yeah, it's a 95. She goes, yeah, well, the, the thermometer's off. And I said, well, if it's off by seven points, then, then, then we got a problem. But I don't think it's the case. <sighs> don't be crazy. That's what I'm going to say to you. Don't be crazy. Get some exercise. Do a little yoga. Be f- have some. Try to have make some jokes. Jokes are what we got. Try to be entertaining. Try to be helpful. I mean, am I talking to myself? I'm like fucking talking to myself. Try to be not so stupid. I'm gonna talk to myself right now. Try to be not so stupid. Try to be fucking not such an asshole. Try not to be such a pain in the ass. I'm talking now. I'm back to you. P.S. I'm never gonna fucking have another fucking oatmeal latte in the middle of the fucking day that i can assure you be there for each other we're gonna be there for you i appreciate every one of you motherfuckers because you have made us the number one knife related podcast on this germ infested planet that is a fact that is a fact number one we are the number one knife related podcast on this gerb infested planet i don't know if that means anything to you Means something to me. Means something to, it means something to Craig. Means something to Mareko. But we want you to know we're here for you. And we're going to try to do more content. We're going to try to take you out of this bullshit. We're going to ride this out together, ladies and germs. I got to stop saying that. But the goddamn coffee is overriding everything. Well, I'm going to leave it there. I love you people. You motherfuckers make things fun. And God bless you, you little bastards. And just remember, when the going gets tough... I don't know. This podcast is, when the going gets tough, the podcast is over. Adios. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.